This past weekend, we saw one of the largest protests in American history. In Washington, D.C., over 100,000 people marched and rallied calling for gun control and new gun reforms. Around the country and even in other countries, people also joined in the protest calling for American gun control. It is estimated that up to 2 million people were joining this protest. So again, one of the largest protests in American history. But we've all heard that this is a youth movement, that the children are leading the way. Many of the people I interviewed on the ground said just as much that it's the kids who are leading this movement. It's the youth, the millennials that are making this change happen. But it would seem that it is likely not true. A new poll that was just published by the Washington Post shows that is likely not the case. And not only is it not young people that are leading this protest, it might not even be people who care about gun control in the first place. Following the Parkland shooting, students stepped forward to call for change. Some students, most of the ones we've seen in the press, are actively calling for gun control reforms. They want to make some specific changes. And there have been some students, most notably Kyle Kashev, who are more pro-Second Amendment. Before I go on, let me give a quick shout-out to today's sponsor. The Blinkist app transforms the key insights of 2,000 best-selling nonfiction books into powerful packs you can read or listen to in just 15 minutes. Over 5 million people are using Blinkist every day to glean the insights they need to become their best selves. Right now, Blinkist has a special offer just for you guys. You'll get 20% off by visiting the link in the description below. That's Blinkist.com forward slash Tim Pool. So for those that are interested, I've included the link below, Blinkist.com forward slash Tim Pool. Check it out and sign up today. The story from the Washington Post. Here's who actually attended the March for Our Lives. No, it wasn't mostly young people by Dana R. Fisher. I do want to point out before reading through the story that I'm not a huge fan of the Washington Post because there have been too many instances where I have caught them publishing bad information. But keep that in mind and let's check out this story. In the days before and after more than 2 million Americans participated in the March for Our Lives, the gun violence conversation has focused on the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas survivors and their student movement. However, the young faces of the advocates have created an assumption that youth and students are the core of the movement. My research tells a different story about who participated in the March for Our Lives, and it is more complicated and less well-packaged for primetime. As part of my research on the American resistance, I have been working with a research team to survey protesters at the large-scale protest events in Washington since President Trump's inauguration. By snaking through the crowd and sampling every fifth person at designated increments within the staging area, we are able to gather a field approximation of a random sample. So far, the data set includes surveys collected from 1,745 protest participants. Like other resistance protests and like previous gun control marches, the March for Our Lives was mostly women. Whereas the 2017 Women's March was 85% women, the March for Our Lives was 70% women. Further, participants were highly educated. 72% had a BA or higher. Contrary to what's been reported in many media accounts, the DC March for Our Lives crowd was not primarily made up of teenagers. Only about 10% of the participants were under 18. The average age of the adults in the crowd was just under 49 years old, 
which is older than participants in the other marches I've surveyed, but similar to the age of the average participant in the Million Moms March in 2000, which was also about gun control. Participants were also more likely than those at recent marches to be first-time protesters. About 27% of participants at the March for Our Lives had never protested before. This group was less politically engaged in general. Only about a third of them had contacted an elected official in the past year, while about three quarters of the more seasoned protesters had. Only 12% of those people who were new to protesting reported that they were motivated to join the march because of the gun control issue, compared with 60% of the participants with experience protesting. Instead, new protesters reported being motivated by the issues of peace and Trump who has been a galvanizing force for many protests. 79% identified as left-leaning, and 89% reported voting for Hillary Clinton. So here's what we can say based off this story from the Washington Post. It is not mostly teenagers. It is mostly adult women, 49-year-old women with college degrees. Most of them claim to have voted for Hillary Clinton. And of people who are new to protesting, most of them were not there for issues of gun control. So let's say this one more time. The event was not young people and of new participants. It was not about gun control. It was mostly about peace. And half of new participants said it was about Donald Trump. If you watch my video from the event, I pointed out almost immediately when the video starts that although many people are there holding signs about gun control, many others were just holding general leftist signs, things that were anti-Trump or for other issues pertaining to left-wing ideology. It would seem that there was a decent amount of people in the protest who weren't there for gun control, and it would also seem like the Washington Post has data to back that up. So let's take a look at what Donald Trump's stance on the gun debate is, because a lot of people on the right have been extremely critical of Trump over things he has said recently. And if we hop over to this Fox News story, where does Trump stand on gun control? A look at the president's views. The story talks about Trump has defended the Second Amendment, he is pro-NRA, tweeting many times that the people of the NRA are patriots, and that he has floated the idea of arming some teachers after the Parkland shooting. Trump drew heavy criticism for calling for a bump stock ban and background checks. Trump has called for strengthening the federal background check system for gun purchases, saying it should be a bipartisan effort to do so. The president has often promised to back very strong improvement and strengthening of background checks, including on social media. Additionally, Trump has said he supports a ban on bump stocks, an attachment that allows semi-automatic rifle to resemble a fully automatic rifle. The devices were used in the 2017 Las Vegas concert massacre that left 58 people dead. The Justice Department has started the process to amend federal firearms regulation to clarify that the law defines bump stocks as machine guns, which are largely already illegal in the U.S. As for the more controversial statements from Trump on the gun issue, he said... Take the guns first. Trump stunned Republicans and gun right activists, including the NRA, when he suggested law enforcement officials should be able to confiscate people's firearms without a court order if doing so would prevent tragedies. Take the guns first. Go through due process second, Trump said during a meeting with lawmakers at the White House. I like taking the guns early. Dana Lash told Fox News the NRA would protect due process for innocent Americans. We stressed this to the president, she said. 
It is a foundational principle of this country, and due process must be protected and respected in terms of going around any solutions. So why do I bring up Trump's position on guns? Well, as I mentioned, many people at the March for Our Lives were purportedly there because of their opposition or concerns about Donald Trump. But it would seem that Donald Trump is actually more moderate on the gun debate issue. In some instances, he does side with Democrats. In other instances, he sides with Republicans. It's not so cut and dry. So it's interesting that instead of focusing on gun control, many people were there simply because they didn't like Trump. But outside of that, let's talk about the ramifications of the latest gun control debate, the incident in Florida, and what March for Our Lives has resulted in. Because it's kind of having what we call the Streisand effect, meaning that because of the calls for gun control, because of the news that has been circulating in these protests, it would seem that donations to the NRA are actually going up. From CNN, donations to the NRA tripled after the Parkland shooting. In January, the NRA collected almost $248,000 in individual contributions. In February, they collected more than $779,000. It is no secret that interest in guns and gun sales, as evidenced by anecdotes and manufacturing numbers, have until recently gotten boosts from mass shootings. So it would stand to reason that donations to the NRA would get a bump as well. The nonpartisan Center for Responsive Politics, which tracks political spending, tracked itemized contributions in the days before and after the shooting. According to their data, in the two weeks after the shooting, itemized contributions to the NRA doubled from the previous two weeks. They also found the number of people contributing in the seven days after the shooting increased almost 500% from the week before. But although the NRA's contributions have gone up, it would seem that gun sales have actually gone down. Whether or not any of this is actually related to the Parkland shooting or March for Our Lives is pretty hard to determine. But I think many people will look at the numbers and say it's probably, there's probably some correlation here. According to NPR, Remington declares Chapter 11 amid Trump slump in gun sales. Firearms manufacturer Remington Outdoor has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection in hopes of staving off creditors amid a slump in sales and public outcry over gun violence. Reuters reports that Remington's creditors, including Franklin Templeton Investments and J.P. Morgan Asset Management, have agreed to exchange debt for equity in the company. Although its financial troubles go back further, in recent months, the company has found itself on the losing end of a phenomenon in which higher gun sales are seen under Democratic presidents. As gun enthusiasts fear greater gun control and drop under Republicans. For example, firearms sales were brisk under President Barack Obama. When polls showed Hillary Clinton was likely the next president, gun sales hit a record only to drop off precipitously after the election. Industry observers have dubbed the current downturn in sales the Trump slump. According to NPR, under Democratic presidents, due to a fear of gun control, gun sales skyrocket. And most people feel like that's true, but it tends to be anecdotal. We do have some information from manufacturers, and a lot of people at gun shops tell these stories about how whenever there's call for gun control or whenever there's a Democratic president, people want to buy more guns in case you can't get them later. And because Trump is seen as being better on gun control, people aren't buying. So gun sales are down. It doesn't seem like there's a direct correlation between mass shootings and gun sales, but following the shooting with more calls for gun control, it's entirely possible that we will soon see gun sales start going up because people who do like guns, who are gun enthusiasts or pro-Second Amendment, are scared of having gun sales restricted or potential bans. So then the question becomes, 
what is actually happening with the March for Our Lives? Well, right now, we do see gun sales going down. Many people believe gun sales will go up. We have seen more donations to the National Rifle Association. When March for Our Lives becomes one of the largest protests in American history, and the news cycle is dominated by the gun control debate once again, people start to hyper-focus on these issues. As more and more people call for gun control, it is likely, in my opinion, that we're gonna see more people donating and buying guns. So let me know what you think. Were you under the impression that this was a mostly youth-led movement? As much as I think some people were under that impression, I feel like most people kind of knew it was gonna be the same people who typically go out and protest in these big events anyway. It doesn't seem like anything's really changing, and in my opinion, it's going to be all very predictable. I think gun sales are going to go up. I think donations are going to go up. I think the protest will have the opposite reaction that these people want, unless their goal is to encourage gun sales. But what do you think? Did you expect this to be mostly young people, and what do you think is going to happen with the gun debate? Are there going to be meaningful reforms? Will more Republicans come out and just vote to defend their right to bear arms, or people who are just pro-Second Amendment? Comment below. We'll keep the conversation going. Thank you all so much for watching. Make sure to stay tuned. New videos every day at 4 p.m. You can follow me on Twitter at TimCast, and I will see you all tomorrow.